0: You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 38. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show.
1: Sarah Bracke, a sophomore at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, recently attended the Strong Runner Chicks Retreat. Majoring in neuroscience with a minor in psychology, Sarah hopes to pursue a career in research to help further the understanding of mental illness. She hopes to specialize in eating disorders and other anxiety disorders. Sarah loves all things science, enjoys drawing, painting, designing her own clothes, and has an intense appreciation for funky socks. She's a lifelong runner who has benefited greatly by learning what running can do for mental health. Running has also allowed Sarah to explore the world and connect with other people like nothing else can. Sarah's current goal is to eventually break three hours in the marathon. Welcome to SRC Radio, Sarah. Hi, Strong Runner Chicks. This is Kelsey and Megan here. Uh, we're super excited to have you back again. Uh, today, we're joined by Sarah Brekke. Uh Sarah was a uh, guest on our retreat, and we I didn't get to go, unfortunately, but uh, Megan was there, and... After speaking with Megan, she mentioned to me how, um, if Sarah, if it's okay to use your words here, how um, life-changing the retreat was for you. So um, in hearing that, I was like, gosh, we have to have this girl, this woman on our podcast because I need to hear more about her and I want to meet more about her. So Sarah, welcome and we're so happy to have you.
2: Oh oh my gosh, this is, this is just so exciting. I never ever would have thought that I would get to be on this podcast, but I'm super excited.
1: Yahoo! We are too, and thank you yeah. for joining us. Um, so we'd like to start our podcast nice and easy. Um, how'd you get your started running?
2: Yeah, so growing up, both of my parents were runners. Um, not super competitive, but they would occasionally be training for a half marathon or a marathon. And actually, the first memories I have revolved around running is me being pushed in the baby jogger, and Constantly thinking it was raining, but it was really my dad's sweat dripping (laughs) on my head. Um, so throughout elementary school, I would occasionally go on some runs with them, just really easy, no pressured. Um, and I was also that kid that got super competitive in the mile. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
2: just growing up with my parents and in a running household. kind of got the bug for running young and I remember like I have diary entries being like it's a school mile next week and I really want to beat my time from last time so like the week before I would start running to get in shape and but I didn't really get super serious about running and like think I wanted to do it for a long time until I was in sixth grade. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Oh, I love your reminiscence about the, like the elementary school mile or middle school mile or, well, I guess it was elementary
0: school because you were <laughs> thinking it days. was raining and a baby jogger.
1: And that too. I know. Yeah. I have
0: those memories too, but. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, These are really good
1: ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know. And, and, and I remember. I, go ahead. Oh. No, go uh, ahead. You're good. There's an
2: activity called Lapse After Lunch to try to get kids more involved in exercise. I don't know
0: about that. Now, now I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't do that.
2: no, but yeah. it, it's like a pretty pivotal moment in my mind when it comes to running, because all you had to do was go three laps around the school, which was a mile. And okay. it was even optional. You didn't even need to do it. So the first day of the week, I just did the bare minimum three laps, and they would mark a tally on your hand every lap you did. And by the end of the week, I had 12 tallies one day. Like, I had done four miles just because I wanted to, and, like, that really sticks out in my head.
1: Wow. That's awesome. That is cool. I'm still trying to get over the after lunch. God, I think I would have puked and vomited. God. I
2: know. I, I think about that so much, actually.
1: But then yeah. I think about it, and I'm like, little kids have iron stomachs. Like, they can just, like, chug food sometimes. I think labs and
0: then, before lunch sounds a little better, personally. I agree. Yeah. 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 Or just not around lunch,
1: because mm-hmm. lunch
0: is hot. Did you grow up in Minnesota, Sarah?
2: I actually grew up in Wisconsin. I'm from La Crosse, Wisconsin, so just over the that. Mississippi River. That's right.
0: I love your accent, your Wisconsin accent. Oh, <laughs> just those northern accents. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so, and then so you said you started running in sixth grade, or you really started like competitively running. What happened after that? Did you continue running through high school or through middle school, or what was your, your game plan, I guess, if you had one after that?
2: Yeah, so sixth grade is really when I got the knack for running and I kind of learned that I did have a talent for it and it was something that I really loved. So from that point on, yeah, I competed in middle school and pretty competitively in high school and have done over a dozen half marathons and I'm actually training for my second marathon this fall. So. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, I had a pretty...
2: yeah competitive high school career really loved it um and now i'm just training on my own
1: cool um so you said over a dozen half marathons is that correct yeah oh my gosh so when did you start running these half marathons
2: i ran my first one freshman year of high school really. Wow, yeah yeah i know it's weird seeing freshmen now and Like, I remember people telling me that I was going to get burned out if I started Mm. running these longer distances so soon. But I, from a really young age, just loved the long distances. Mm. And like, I remember texting my coach some weekends after doing my long run and just like telling him how far I went and telling him how good I felt. And like, that's why my week was the long run. Mm. So yeah started freshman year and since have just kind of done um, some I've done every year some just do it for the heck of it. My Mm -hmm. sister and I did um, they have races in some of the national parks so we've done Yellowstone Half Marathon and Rocky Mountain National Park
1: Oh, that's so cool. I always wanted to do the Zion half marathon. I should seen come that. out and do it. I know. Next,
0: uh, February. I think that's when I it is. might be doing it. So that's an invite to anyone Ooh. listening to let me know.
1: Cool. You that would that be, in fun. Yeah, oh be fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Sarah, out of all your half marathons, what was your favorite? Oh,
2: um. I, I think actually, well, grandma's half marathon, one of the most recent times I did it just because my PR and I just felt super strong. And that was a half marathon that made me want to start training for a full marathon because Mm -hmm. I had really impressed myself. And afterwards I still had so much left in the tank that I like felt antsy to keep going um also we have a local race called the hickson 25k there's also a 50k that's usually the weekend of my birthday so it's a little longer than a half marathon Mm -hmm. but it's a trail run and that's just been a really cool kind of thing to do
1: oh that's so exciting and i have to ask what marathon are you training for now
2: twin cities marathon and this will be the second year that i do it um Just kind of out of convenience, because I will be in school, and it's right out of the back door of my college, and it's a beautiful race, and the spectators are awesome.
1: Oh, that's so great. Oh, my goodness. Well, we wish you luck, and how is – when is that – that's in the fall, right? Yeah, October. October. Okay. Well, good luck training, and I hope training's going well. It's always, like, the tricky – well, wait, what is it? It's June, so you probably would have started training already, right?
2: I'm still, still laying, laying building building mileage right now. Okay,
1: perfect. Oh yeah. my gosh, Well, we'll be cheering for you during that you know that race weekend. Um, and speaking a little bit more about running, you attended our SRC retreat. Uh, thank you so much for coming and joining uh, Megan on the adventure. Um, so, what was uh, I guess maybe what were the reasons why you wanted to attend the retreat? So I
2: started following Strong Runner Chicks probably a little over a year ago and just became kind of more and more involved in checking out the articles and listening to the podcast. I'd always listen to the podcast on my way to classes. Um, And then when news of the retreat popped up, it was kind of back in my head, but I didn't really feel like I was involved enough in the strong ownership community per se. So I like didn't have super strong intentions of going. But then when you started uh, releasing some of the guests that would be there, I saw Rachel Style would be there and I actually had reached out to her the year before and she posted one of my blogs on her website and I really wanted to meet her and Maggie Head, I'd reached out to her and was really interested, um, after listening to her podcast and I just, I started raving about it more to my sister. I felt like every time I talked to her, I would bring up the strong runner chick retreat and how I really wanted to go, but I don't know. And it was actually her and my mom surprised me by getting my spot. And I know it was really exciting. Yeah.
0: So nice of yeah. them and exciting for you, I bet.
2: Oh, it was so exciting. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's really cool because that really shows how much your mom and your sister support you and what you want to do and kind of um, hear you when you speak, if that makes sense. Because I know sometimes like um, we're all guilty of like listening to what people want, but actually acting on it and like helping you get to some, something that you want. That's really cool. Oh, thank you, Sarah and, um, Sarah's mom and sister. We are so happy that you were able to do that for her. Yeah. Yeah. It
2: was really cool. And I think they could tell that it was something that I was really interested in because I don't really share a lot of things that I want to do super badly. I'm just not a sort of person that wants to do a lot of things.
1: <laughs> so the fact that I was talking about this so much, I think they got the hint. Understandable. Um, so when you say that you're not the type of person who likes to do a lot of things, are you a little bit of an introvert? Uh, very much so, yes. <laughs> well, um, I – oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, I didn't really have that much to say. I
0: would say – um. And Maybe this is just, maybe I don't have this right, but I think that, um, Kelsey, a lot of introverts were actually drawn to the retreat. Interesting. And we oh, love I- the extroverts that were there, but a lot of people wanted their kind of alone time. And mm. it was really cool just to see the conversations happening yeah. between people that wouldn't normally talk about, you know, these things. Uh-huh. Like yeah, small definitely. talk, I don't think small talk was as much of a thing there oh no very few conversations (laughs) about the weather (laughs) yeah
1: that's even better i
0: feel like about the altitude though we did have some that yeah You'll miss that, but I miss running with you. It was just like over a week ago. It's crazy.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Stop talking about it, you guys.
0: (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
1: Um, As I go ahead and ask more questions about it. Um, So, Sarah, what was the experience like overall? What was the SRC retreat experience like for you? Oh,
2: I don't even know if I can sum it up into words. Uh, I was – I was really excited slash nervous going into it because I had never done something like this that I knew was going to be pretty intimate with so many strangers. Um, But I was, for the most part, really excited. Uh, Overall, it was just a really, honestly, life-changing experience and a really enlightening experience. I felt like I have l- I learned more in those three days than about me and running and my passions than maybe in my entire life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And for me, it just kind of put the rest of the pieces of the puzzle together and so many things clicked in my head and it was just incredible. <laughs>
1: mm. uh, so I have to ask Megan, how does that feel to hear that?
0: Really, really good. I'm just really happy to hear that attendees enjoyed it. And I hope it's, it's not even for my own ego of this was a success or this wasn't, but just that it was um, transformative in some way. And I think that's really powerful to hear. And I almost, I really like the fact, Sarah, that you shared that you were kind of nervous going into it and had some hesitations, because that's totally, that makes us human. And, um, you know, if you had just gone into it thinking, this is going to be the best, and then, yeah, it was the best, then it might have not been as powerful. But I think the fact that there were a lot of hesitations and a lot of us didn't know one another. I didn't know a single person going into Mm -hmm. it, which people thought was crazy. Like, you're going to spend you know, three full days with 20 women and host this retreat with women you've never met before. And I just, I think that that part of it was so neat that we were able to have these, um, these conversations that really, I mean, yeah, they did more than just scratch the surface. Like they really went deep and were powerful for people. So yeah, I'm very honored that um, I was able to help make it happen.
2: You you just deserve so much credit for what you've started and like this is the community that i have needed my whole life and to have finally found it and the like i feel like i could honestly call everybody at that retreat my best friend or a really good friend and that's after only three days just because of such important topics that we talked about and just how well we got to know each other and how much we genuinely cared about each other.
1: Oh my gosh. I have so many goosebumps right now. <laughs> you guys, this makes me so happy to hear. I can't even, I'm so thrilled for everybody who got to go and hearing you speak about it, Sarah, just gives me, like I said, it gives me goosebumps. I'm so happy that it was a great experience for you. Um, So I guess uh, thinking about it a little bit more, do you have any major takeaways from the presenters? And if you do, uh, what were they and who did they come from?
2: This is another one. that If I went over all of them, (laughs) we would be here until tomorrow. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, right off the bat with Melody Fairchild, I remember leaning over to Megan halfway through her presentation and just being like, ah I wanted to stay the whole retreat I just want to talk to her forever just because I connected with so much of what she was saying and I just thought she did such a good job at really showing how multi-dimensional runners are and how as a high schooler she was really valued solely based on her fast times but there was so much that was going on in her life that was overlooked that I think made her even that much more incredible of a runner. And just her story, um, her comeback, and what she's doing today, that was really inspiring. Um, I really loved Megan Marshall's talk on body image and social media. And effects of that and also what we can do and what our footprint is that sparked some really awesome conversations and many of my actions have actually been changed from that talk and the way Mm -hmm. i see myself and the way i talk to others has changed as a result of that which is really cool and i have some of the worksheets that she gave out hanging on my fridge at home so that i can always see them Mm -hmm. and i loved hannah meyer's talk on intuitive eating um that one really struck me hard as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder i think there's a lot of uh well obviously disordered eating that goes into that and i think diet culture really has a strong effect on disordered eating or can and listening to Hannah Meyer talk on just how as a society, we have made eating so complicated and that we are given so many arbitrary rules about what to eat, when to eat, what foods are going to make you live until you're a hundred and what foods are going to make you double over in pain and just, it's so complicated now. and since listening to her i've tried practicing more intuitive eating and i love that she was so science-based that connects to me a lot um maggie head's uh presentation was super inspiring that was a great way to end off the retreat i think all of us afterwards were just ready to take action but everybody just did a, such a good job. I loved Elena's on self-help and listening to Neely Gracie on amenorrhea, and she was super inspiring with being so pregnant and still having these really, really awesome goals in her running career. Um, I could just go on and on.
1: Oh, thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. Um, so a, a few minutes back you mentioned um when you're talking about hannah meyer's presentation you spoke up uh, briefly about having an eating disorder and working through that um would you mind elaborating a little bit on that further
2: yeah so i developed anorexia nervosa when i was 11 years old and I want to really point that out because I think a lot of people think that you become a runner or everybody becomes a runner if they have an eating disorder or that everybody who's a runner develops an eating disorder. But I think I'm a good example of how the characteristics that might drive somebody to become a runner can oftentimes be the same characteristics that cause somebody to develop an eating disorder so yeah this kind of went hand in hand and for when I really started to love running um but it was not because of my running that I developed it I had struggled with anxiety as a child and I think this was just kind of when it when it climaxed um So I, it took a while for my parents to actually understand because I think at that point, especially we, or people didn't really know that 11 year olds could develop an eating disorder because I think for so long and still it has been portrayed in media as this kind of high school popular girl disorder That's all about looks and it's a choice, but it's really the opposite. Um, So I started treatment, outpatient treatment, um, the next spring, and unfortunately it did not go well for me. I think uh, there was, or we didn't really know, as a or the medical system didn't know how to treat eating disorders at that time. At least, not for me. Um, um, so, I started to really develop a pretty toxic relationship with the doctors. Um, I was being really dishonest and I felt like they were really against me and not kind of vowing for me and trying to help me and they, I felt a lot like it was a choice. Um, I just think there was so much wrong in how the treatment of eating disorders went at that point and I'm sure there still is. And that's kind of, I'll talk about this later on, but what I wanted to do in my career. So I pretty quickly stopped outpatient treatment because I was at a quote unquote normal weight. So at that time they were really just treating the weight aspect and not the psychological aspect, which I also think is important to note because I a lot of people believe that eating, you have to look a certain way to qualify as having an eating disorder, and the fact is eating disorders are a mental illness, not a physical illness. You may look a certain way as a symptom or a side effect of the illness, but first and foremost they are a mental illness that is psychological. So. I didn't really get that treatment. I was just more figured out that if I wanted to run, I had to be at a stable weight. So for a long time, I was still really in the depths of the disorder, but because my weight was stable, I kind of avoided the doctors um, and have struggled still. I'm still working through recovery and it's been nine years, but it was really, um, really prevalent all throughout middle school and high school.
1: Well, thank you for sharing. Um, I like a lot of the points you touched upon there um, and shared with us. Um, Just going back to the idea of that, you know, anorexia nervosa or eating disorders in general are Um, like, one age range population or a very, like, white person, you know, um, uh, disorder or however you want to phrase it, or they only happen to females or they only happen at this age range or whatever it is, and you point out that it doesn't. It happens to everybody, Um, and it's never easy no matter who you are going through it. Um, So how do you feel currently in your recovery, how are you feeling? What's what's going through your head? And um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of just wondering if you're willing to share where you're at and how things have grown or changed or maybe they've just stayed stable for right now.
2: Yeah. Um, I think first of all, I wanna say that being at the retreat has helped me be able to talk about this and before i honestly wouldn't have felt comfortable talking about this knowing that so many people are going to be listening to it and even saying the words eating disorder related to me um that was scary and now yeah i just i feel so passionate about bringing awareness and kind of feel like for so long I didn't have my voice that now I want to be that voice for future runners and current runners who may be in the same situation. But uh, for in terms of recovery, it's been it's been a winding road. Um, mm-hmm. so at the end of my senior year of uh, high school, I started on a medication for anxiety and depression. And it, the amount it lessened my anxiety, I think, was enough to, for me to kind of regain control over the eating disorder thoughts. And I kind of made the conscious decision that something needed to change in my life because... I was going nowhere. Um, And it was actually after a school counselor of mine who I had gotten pretty close to in high school brought me into her office one day and um, asked if I was doing okay. She noticed that I had not been looking too well. And I just applaud her so much for the way she approached it. And from People don't normally comment on <laughs> on your body if they think you're really sick. That's just kind of a scary topic for people to touch on, and for her to do it in such a respectful way really made me realize, Sarah, you've got to you've got to do something. Mm. Um, so it was. It was a really big challenge. Um, Once I started to recover, I struggled a lot with binge eating and kind of was on that cycle that so many people fall on of restricting and binging and restricting. And it was so hard because I had gone for so long, like on one end of the spectrum, and all of a sudden just had absolutely no control and was on the absolute other end of the spectrum. And it's really hard because many people don't understand. Like I would be really frustrated and upset and crying and go to my mom and try to explain to her why I was so upset and so distressed. And most people are just like, well, everybody overeats. That's okay. And yeah, it's easy to see when people look like they might be sick, to see that something is troubling them. But when you're, you look healthy, people don't really understand that what you're going through is really psychologically challenging and even traumatizing at times. Um, But, and it's still, it's still an issue for me. I still am kind of figuring it out, but I'm at a much better place and I've learned better coping skills. And I know that my choices are not permanent. There's always a tomorrow and I'm going to make it through this day if it kills me. Um, that's a quote from a song. <laughs> so... Yeah, I wish I could say that I was doing super well and I was totally recovered, but I also think that there's value to speaking, even if you aren't, because I think, well, obviously there are a ton of people out there who aren't recovered and are in the depths of an illness and to have a voice that can really empathize with them, Mm -hmm. I think might I hope means something. Mm
1: -hmm. It does. It does. I'm going to tell you that right now. It so does, and I think right now, Sarah, you're showing so much bravery and courage that I have no doubt that someone who's listening is going to take your words to heart and really understand that you know, yes, I'm struggling too, or you know, yes, I can relate to Sarah, or I I do understand what she's going through. She's not alone, you know. So. It's hard to talk about. I totally get that. And it's a real challenge sometimes. But the fact that you're able to say it now and say it out loud and say it in relation to you, I mean, that this eating disorder will never define you. Never. But it's part of you. And, you know, that's okay. It's just like we have different parts of ourselves. And so I just – I admire you for being able to really – you know, stand on your own feet and say, this is, you know, kind of what I'm going through right now. And it's, it's great. It's, it shows me that your recovery has come a long way. And I have only known you for like a few days. So um, it's, it's really beautiful, Sarah. So well done. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Mm Um, so now we're totally going to switch gears. So first of all, though, I do want to acknowledge and thank you for sharing all that with us. Um, I wasn't kidding when I say I know that a lot of our listeners and followers will
0: really take that to heart. So, um, well, And I, so I think elaborating ahead. on that, too, it's so cool to see that now you want to use your experience to help others. And so yes. I don't know, Kelsey, do we want to go right into that or?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Your choice, I mean,
0: whatever. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, and we talked a little bit on it at the retreat, but, um, Sarah, how would you like to, um, how has this, I guess, transformed your career path or the path with your, your life mission and your work that you want to accomplish in this area? Yes, absolutely. Um,
2: So after being able to process my experience with an eating disorder and especially going through treatment and really how it failed me, it really just angered me. And I am such a strong proponent on talking about mental illness and I want the funds to be out there to do more research because it's just as valid as a problem as any other illness, but it's just not there in the medical field. Um, And I knew I wanted to somehow go into the medical field, but didn't know what direction I wanted to go, Um, but now I am majoring in neuroscience and minoring in psychology and Mm -hmm. I don't know what I want to do with that exactly but I know I want to somehow do research on eating disorders and I really want to look how, look exactly how the brain is working because I find that really validating when you can have pictures that show actual differences because that is the hard thing about mental illness is that there is no evidence um, on the outside and to just be able to pinpoint there are physiological differences between these two individuals. Um, I think that would go a long way. And I also wanted to somehow tie that into running. I just like, I running has been such a huge part of my life that I didn't completely want to split that from my job. And I don't know what the direction of strong runner chicks is, but like, I can see myself somehow having this be part of my career, honestly. And it's Strong Runner Chicks has also given me more motivation in school, honestly, because I've realized that to make the difference that I think we all are wanting to make, we're going to need a lot of strong, incredible women from many different assets and many different professions and I think having those letters after your name having that MD or PhD or whatever is just going to bring that much more validity to the group so now I'm like all right Sarah I know you were doubting whether or not you wanted to go through with this whole college thing but Strong Runner Chicks needs you.
1: Oh my gosh. The world needs you, Sarah. Not yeah. just us. The world needs you. There are so we need
0: you too. We yes, would love to. you. Yes, yes, that <laughs> yes. too.
1: <laughs> oh, Sarah, yeah. that's so cool. I love how sciencey you are. And I know that sounds silly, but um, like I come from a psych background and so um, we're very sciencey as well. But um, especially in mental health counseling, it's a lot of like talking and you know, kind of not how do I phrase it's not like beating around the bush but we don't ever get like honed in on science so I love what you said about I want to look at the images of people's brains and like actually see you know the difference between them and what I can do to change that or help facilitate that so really cool stuff Sarah
2: yeah I I am now a science nerd I, I wasn't before starting college but I made a sweatshirt actually recently that says Steminist, and it's my favorite <laughs> sweatshirt.
0: That's awesome. That's, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. Mm. So should we switch gears now? Well, going back to education, so <laughs> we wanted to hit on that you just finished your freshman year, which I can't believe you're only a freshman, Sarah, you seem so much Agreed. Not that freshmen aren't mature, but you seem a lot more uh, wise, I guess, wiser than most freshmen I know. Um, So you spent your freshman year at the U, which is awesome. We have a mutual friend in common, probably a few mutual friends. Um, So you were Mm -hmm. also a golden gopher, or still are. Um, How did freshman year go, and what have you learned so far about being a college student?
2: Freshman year went, it went well. It, it didn't go perfectly, and that's that's fine. I'm somebody that believes that regrets are an okay thing to have and that can hopefully change what you do in the future. Um, I. It's just so cool how much you learn in college. Um, a lot of it unexpected, like learning how to live in a dorm and how to <laughs> efficiently... Do dishes when you have a communal sink, or whether or not you want to do dishes because the communal sink is the best place to pick up the stomach flu. Um, (laughs) But I, I really developed my passion for learning in college, and I think that's been the most valuable thing that I have received, which I think is what most people probably hope to receive. But in high school, I. And really, well, yeah, high school, I was really just kind of a, a point chaser. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really care about the learning as much as the grades. And I really start, did not care about learning as much, and it became a competitive sort of thing. Um, but in college, things just are different, and if you don't find what you're passionate about, things are going to be really tough um So it's almost strange how, in high school, I was a lot more um, rigid with my grades, and now in college, when it actually does matter a little bit, a lot more than high school, I'm not as worried about it just because I love it so much. And like, yeah, I was really shooting for an A in organic chemistry and got a C plus, but just i was so stimulated by that class and just felt so inspired after learning everything that i was like okay well i didn't fail and i'm excited about it so that's cool <laughs>
1: Oh, well, wow. I think the most important thing you learned about was doing your dishes in the communal sink cuz that is like you got to learn about that stuff. That's like the basic <laughs> stuff of college. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. Just being on your own is mm-hmm. I felt like I learned a lot about myself and um like socially I definitely know I need to work a little harder. I didn't really make any best friends by friends that I did make were pretty much from running club which was great but I as an introvert just was alone a lot which can really take a toll on your mental health but I also had to learn that I'm probably not somebody that is going to have a bunch of friends that's just never who I've been I've been somebody that has had like one or two really really good best friends, Mm -hmm. um, throughout my life. So I know like at the be it can seem like everybody has a ton of friends in college Mm -hmm. when that's maybe not the reality and just learning about yourself and who you really are. It sounds really cheesy, but I've learned so much more about myself (laughs) since going to college.
1: It's a big time of of your life. It is. Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-huh. Um, so you decided not to run in college. Um, Why did you make this decision?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of preface this question going back. My dad actually passed away after my sophomore year of high school. Um, and I won't go into that too much just because it's a lot and I don't sure. think – words can do it justice, but everything in my life really changed after that point, including my relationship with running. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a while, I wasn't sure I would ever run again just because the pain of just every day, I didn't need the pain and the discomfort of running on top of that. It just kind of... uh, magnified the pain and was too much but eventually i kind of got back into running as as a form of uh control and because so much of my life had of the control that i felt like i had built up in my life all of a sudden crumbled i needed a constant um something i could rely on every day so started back up running um, and did do cross-country. Um, but the season was really hard. It was really hard with the team dynamics. School was really hard. And people in general, but especially high schoolers, don't really know how to go about when something like this happens to a friend. So they tend to not address it, which can – make it a lot um and I I did my yeah relationship with running really changed after that point but I did have it in my head that I wanted to run in college um, and I was actually improving in times which I also want to point out because I think I was probably a role model at that time to some other younger runners or runners that I was competing against because I was running faster and I was also not doing very well with the eating disorder with everything that was going on. And I, yeah, like I said, I know I was probably acting as a role model and people were looking up to me but I would not have advised for anybody to be looking up to me because there was no correlation between how fast I was running and how happy I was. Mm -hmm. Um, That was actually really the lowest point is when I was running my fastest. Um, And I just think that's really unfortunate that from the outside, I'm sure a lot of people were seeing that I was smaller. I was running faster and that's the key um when really it's not so yeah by i i also knew that wherever i went to school i wanted to base it first and foremost off of academics because i knew i was never going to be a professional runner and i also wanted to start exploring interests outside of running so i applied to schools um, thinking about what I wanted to do academic-wise, and then maybe running. And I actually only applied to two schools because I just, I didn't want the stress of where I wanted to go to school. So I got into Minnesota really early, and I said, okay, I'm gonna go here. If I can run here, that's great, but if I don't, we'll figure something out. So I met with the coaches, and January of my senior year and what they pretty much said was that my cross-country times were fast enough but they would like to see my track times a little bit faster if I was gonna be a walk-on so I said all right senior track season let's get it really got to get faster Um, but like I had mentioned before I had started working on recovering from my eating disorder and from my senior cross country season to my track season i had come in with for me a very different body i had gained a not not a significant significant amount of weight but i had i was going to have to get used to the body i was in if i was going to improve my times and on top of that like i said i had started on this new medication which has a side effect I was very apathetic and just didn't really care about anything so I went from a 4.0 student to all of a sudden failing classes and I no longer really had the motivation for running as well so that track season proved to be a challenge but I also want to point out that It was in this track season when I wasn't so obsessed with the mileage that I had some of the best times with my teammates Mm -hmm. and I was able to have fun with them at meets and I would hang out with my friend Sophie and we would run the two mile together and we would just have a really good time. And I think that's really important to point out because I didn't have any PRs that season. And Mm -hmm. I didn't make it to state and that was okay. But it did make it really hard um, in terms of the eating disorder, kind of having to recover, feeling like people were watching you. Mm -hmm. And because I was kind of a known athlete in my school and in the city, I did feel like people were judging me Mm -hmm. and – that wasn't ideal. So by the end of the track season, I had said to myself, Sarah, you're not gonna run for a D1 school. And that's okay. Um, and I really I really felt at peace with it. Um, I thought for, in terms of recovery, being on such a competitive team environment could be a pretty hostile situation that could further me from my goals Um, and plus my least favorite part about running in high school was the competing (laughs) as weird as it does sound just because of the stress that's revolved around the long bus rides and Mm -hmm. the long days and just the anxiety that goes along with racing Um, and I said why would you why would you do that if that's your least favorite part um, so I found the, the school running club, which has been awesome. And it's the perfect combination of people that still want to work hard and still want to be good runners, but aren't at the level of D one runners, which I am not cut out for. Um, and it is, it, it was kind of hard. Sometimes I would like check the results of some of the races, the gophers went to, and I'd be like, Oh man. I could have done that or like I could have raced in that or what could my life be like but I like I mentioned earlier I did my first marathon and learned so much about myself and that really sparked my love of running again and I'm really happy with my choice
1: it sounds like it it also it sounds like to me you, you, your running has like been through valleys and mountains and all these different it's interesting because I feel like a lot of runners don't have a lot of like life and running intertwined if that makes sense it's usually like they do their life is one separate part of themselves and then running is another separate part of themselves but for you it's so molded together um in that's not a bad thing it's just it's so it's almost kind of refreshing and so natural like I almost wish a lot of people's running was based off of how their life was rather than basing their life off of running I think I said that right but it's just it's really amazing sarah like all that you've been through and i want to pass my condolences condolences along to you about your father that's really tough um especially when you're so young um so it's it's really it's really beautiful sarah kind of how your life has kind of intertwined with running rather than having it two separate things and rather than having one take control of the other it's just kind of seamless even though how do I phrase this because seamless isn't like I was always like put together as like being perfect or whatever it's seamless but it wasn't seamless for you it was there were knots and threads that didn't work out but it ended up working out in the end I don't know where I'm going with this but it just it's really it's really refreshing for me to hear that
2: thank you yeah yeah it's been and it is I think looking back on my life as a runner, I've learned so much more about my experiences, and it like at the time they don't seem super important, and sometimes they can seem negative. But I feel like I have learned so many lessons um, mm. through running, and I've seen the world through running, and I've met so many incredible people through running, and yeah, it's. It's kind of strange, but I I remember even saying in high school that I don't really think of myself and running. Like, I don't really see myself as an athlete so much as just somebody who runs, just like I don't consider myself or define myself as a, a teeth brusher or a showerer mm-hmm. just because, like, running is something that I know – I need to do or like that I want to do that improves my day to day that I don't, it's not so much about being an athlete, although I do like being competitive as it is that it's just a special, special thing for me.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that definition. That's so, Oh, I love it. I think that's such a great way to put it. Um, I was just thinking on my run the other morning about how, I like, don't want people to call me a runner anymore. Like when I, it's funny, like I recently in the past, like two weeks, if someone's like, Oh, you look like a runner or, or you run a lot or whatever. I'm like, I like to run, but I also really like to bake. Like I just made this really good recipe for cookies. So I like totally divert the conversation cause I don't want to be known that way. And I yeah. think, is that similar to what you're saying, Sarah?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's part of, um, What strong running chicks is trying to Mm. foster too is and I I don't think I've always been like this throughout my life. I think there were times where running was my identity and Mm. um, Just with everything so many of my life experiences I do realize that Running might not always be possible for me. There's gonna be a day where I can't run Mm. and I have to find other things that are going to get me through the day as well but while you are able to run run with it and love it but also don't rely on it as heavily as you have in the past sarah
1: Oh, my goodness. I feel like we could just talk the rest of the night, but I also want to be really mindful of our listeners' time, too. Um, so maybe we have to do a part two. We always say this, I feel like, with uh, uh, with guests.
2: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be um, opposed to that. <laughs> um,
1: I would
0: either. <laughs> I um, love, too, that you're sharing, like, so much of what you're telling yourself and the yeah. lessons you're teaching yourself or like, things that we can all learn from. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here and all, like, oh, there's so much to learn here.
2: <laughs> oh, Thank you. Yeah, I did, like, I just, I love learning and I think I'm constantly teaching myself and like even some of the stuff I'm saying right now, like I'm teaching myself as I'm saying it. So that's, that's kind of where that's coming from and just like forming thoughts. And I think conversations can have that Mm -hmm. ability to have things click in your head.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So kind of going off of that, what advice would you give to your younger self?
2: Um, I think I would tell my younger self that your problems are valid and to speak up. Um, I think a lot of my life has been, a lot of my teenage and young adult life has been, um, kind of dictated by mental illness and mental health and I've only recently come to realize that these are real valid problems and that you're not making it up um, and I just think that if I would have realized that earlier I maybe could have come to peace with it a lot earlier and not been so ashamed or embarrassed or felt like I had to hide identity Um, and also to really speak up for help you know I didn't really seek help for my anxiety or, or depression until my senior year of high school and that had been after my whole life of struggling with it um And I didn't really recognize it as a problem either. And I wish that just like you don't wait until you have a broken leg to be like, hey, my leg hurts. I wish we didn't have to wait for it to get to the darkest place for you to be like, hey, I think something's not right. Um, So yeah, I think that's what I would say. Mm -hmm
1: all great pieces of advice and all great really introspective pieces of advice as well that I think a lot of our listeners can do as well, excuse me, Um, in their everyday life. Um, So thank you again. And um, our last final question to you, my friend, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you?
2: Oh, I think being a strong runner chick means that you're constantly learning how to listen to yourself and learning how to run out of a place of joy and not stemming from a place of kind of self-hatred. So to expand on that, I think it's, it's easy to listen to other people and other people's advice on what you should be doing, um, in terms of your training, what you should be doing in terms of your life, um, What's gonna make you faster? What's gonna, yeah, just make you better? But I think it's a lot harder to listen to yourself and kind of pause and be like, you know what? I haven't wanted to go for runs for the past two weeks. Maybe I should take a break or saying, coach, you know, something hurts and I don't wanna push it. Um, So, really learning how to listen to yourself. And also the second part, learning how to run out of place of joy. And this is something that I think I'm, I'll have to work on my whole life as well as a lot of people. I think we, a lot of people are taught to run out of, in a way to change their body. Um, which as a kid, that's not why I started running in the first place. It's what I was taught as I got older was running is the best way to get in shape. Mm-hmm. And that's the best benefit of it. And that just hasn't been my experience. The what running has provided for my mental health is beyond importance. Um and I I think yeah, a lot of people have run of a pl- out of a place of kind of self-hatred and wanting to punish themselves for something that they don't deserve to be punished on. And that's something that I, as somebody who has struggled with an eating disorder, those kind of go hand in hand. And I'll always be working on, like, I always kind of say that I don't know what my spirit animal is but I hope at the end of the road I can say that I'm an old wise sea turtle and so that kind of ties into I want at the end of the road my running career to be that or to have the mindset of a small child again mm-hmm. and just be able to run because you love the feeling of what your body's doing and you love what it's doing for your brain and just how it makes you feel and not be worried about what it's making your body look like or what you get to eat after you run and just learning to love running for all the right
1: reasons. Are you sure you're only going to be a sophomore (laughs) in college? (laughs) My goodness, Sarah, I, I can't even be, I'm so joyful and so, I don't know, I feel great connection with you and I'm so happy that you were able to join us today. Um, I just, I cannot thank you enough for all that you've shared with us. I really can't. Oh, I'm, I'm just so
2: appreciative of this, of strong runner chicks, honestly, like, I I feel so much more at peace with myself after the retreat and getting to have those conversations and talk about all those things that matter so much. And I've learned so much about the things I want to work on changing about myself and just how I go about my day to day. Yeah, I just appreciate all of you so much.
1: Mm. Well. Thank you for joining us. And it was a sincere pleasure. Um, And if listeners want to reach out to you just to chat or to, if they heard something that they'd like to touch base with you on, how can they do that? Uh,
2: So my, my Instagram handle is sarah B-R-E-K-K-E dot S-A-R-A. You can find me on Facebook, Sarah Brecky. Otherwise my email is Brecky ten twenty-nine at gmail dot com and I'll pretty much respond to any of those. I'd love to have anybody reach out and ask me ask me anything or just let me know if any of this spoke to you. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Certainly did. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we have some exciting um news, I guess I don't want to reveal, but Sarah's been working on a project Ooh. with Strong Runner Chicks which I'm so excited about. <laughs> and I don't know how much detail you want to give. We can't we have to let it be a super surprise. We'll just let it be a surprise. Okay. So, okay. If you're listening, get pumped because it's coming. So I was actually is.
2: working on it right before ah. this interview. Like, oh, it's just been so fun. It's been uh, it's it's been such a great part of my summer. It's so relaxing for me to oh. to do, to work on this project.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And um, SRC listeners, you literally should get excited. When Sarah approached us about doing this, I freaked out because I just think <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. Um, so anyways, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and SRC community and family. We love you all. And thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. All right. Bye, everybody. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.